This is like a clear need for people. And what I think for investors, they see it as a tremendous business. More deeply than that, or just as importantly as that from their perspective is, they're seeing the difference that it makes in people's lives. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is Daniel Friedman, co-founder and co-CEO of Burnalong, an online video and social motivation platform that works with companies, cities, universities, hospitals, and insurers to help people achieve their health goals and overcome health and wellness challenges. Inc. Magazine has described Bernalong as pioneering a new approach to wellness that actually sticks. They bring online what works for people in person. Bernalong has clients in over 70 countries. Prior to founding Bernalong, Daniel spent time as a journalist with the Wall Street Journal, as a speechwriter for Senator Joe Lieberman, and a columnist for Forbes. Additionally, he's held senior roles at the United Nations, the intelligence consultancy TSG, and Appley. And he co-founded SciCureBox, a counter-espionage product. That's a lot, Daniel. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure to have you. So you co-founded the company with Mike Cott in early 2016. How did you two meet? Uh, so we actually, it's a funny story. I'm, I moved to Baltimore from New York. And I think I moved on a Thursday on, and then on a Saturday night at a mutual friend's house, I bumped into Mike and we started talking and never stopped talking. So we became friends and then really had shared experiences, personal experiences that we bonded over. And that really led to the start of the company. Interesting. You know, one of, I think one of the biggest challenges I have seen is co-founder breakup. <laughs> so what is it that had you two feeling this was a match that you could walk down the aisle on and not get divorced? So I, I say what's really key is a um, lot of respect for the other person yeah. and understanding that the decision that they make is just as good as the, as the decision that you'd make and having that trust and that respect. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that's definitely been key for us and also having different areas of focus. And what that enables us to do is really be often in two places at once that you couldn't as a like individual CEO. Um, interestingly, Adam Grant writes in his book, The Originals, that companies with co-CEOs outperform companies with single CEOs. And there's multiple reasons for it, but it's a very uh, it's a counterintuitive piece, uh, but it really does, uh, it makes sense when you start thinking about it. Well, and I imagine you have checks and balances when you're co-CEOs, right? Yeah. I mean, I, in fact, you've got more checks and balances because if you think about a single CEO, mm -hmm. it's just one person right. making a decision. 
And then you know, there's obviously the board and investors, but mm-hmm. with us is there are two people and we get to really spend time, you know, discussing big decisions and you've got that benefit of two heads are better than one. Mm-hmm. So what was the, the impetus behind Burn Along? How did you come up with it? And you know, you say that your approach is leading you to outperforming traditional wellness programs about five times, yeah? Yeah, so the, what really led to the starting of the company was unfortunately shared experiences that Mike and I experienced with our grandmothers. Um, so just tell you about my experiences. Mm. My grandmother was just like the closest person to me in the world, the most amazing woman. She died now just under six years ago. Mm. And for the last 10 or so years of her life, he had cancer mm. and then a host of other health issues. And she went from being this just incredibly vivacious and life-loving person. I, you know, friends would describe her as the most fun person mm. that they've ever met. And she was a person you wanted to be in any room with at any time, just incredibly, an incredible amount of fun and just a, a really good person. Mm-hmm. And then when the cancer came, it led to weight gain and depression and got to the point where it was a struggle to get out of bed unless a family member came around. Right. And so the question that I had and Mike was facing too was, why with today's technology, when you're at home and you most need the support of others and the support can be the tailored programming that you need and the motivation to do it Mm -hmm. or the social support of others, are you cut off from them? Mm -hmm. And then what happened is I was originally just starting to look for a solution and we started speaking to doctors and hospitals and realized there was this was a struggle they were all facing with is how do you get people engaged and keeping them on track and motivated when they're at home? Yeah. And then very quickly, um, companies came to us and said, look, this is the same problem that we're, fo- we're focused on as a, as a company. You know, the challenge for a company is, is not how do you get a 22-year-old with a six-pack exercising more. It's what about the rest of the population? And COVID has made things drastically mm. worse. Yeah, Even right. before COVID, mm-hmm. when gyms and studios were opened, only 15% of the population goes to a gym or right. studio. Yeah, That's how they make money, <laughs> gyms. They, they, and, they, and, they count on you not coming. <laughs> well, and that's even that's the 15% that go. Right. But 85% of the population never goes in. Right. Forget about COVID, pre-COVID. Right. Yeah. 80% of the population doesn't get the recommended levels mm-hmm. of exercise. Right. 40% of adults are dealing with obesity. And now in this country, it's about 20% of kids. So the question is, how why aren't they doing programming and how do you get them to do the programming? Because it's not as if people don't know that it's important to look after their health and wellness, right? We all go to our annual physicals with mm-hmm. our doctors and, mm-hmm. and told what to do, but people don't do it. And our like insight and what we learned from you know, very personal experiences was that a very, very different approach was needed and our very, very different approach really works. That's really amazing. And, you know, and it's funny, I'm glad you mentioned COVID because I would have to imagine that the growth you experienced in the last year and a half has been considerable. Yeah, you know, we were growing rapidly before mm-hmm. COVID uh, because back to that point from a company perspective. So if you're, you're a company with, whether it's a thousand employees, 20,000 mm-hmm. employees, a hundred thousand employees, and you start looking at the health of your workforce and companies are increasingly focused on the health and the morale mm-hmm. of their workforce. Sure. And you see that 80% of your workforce is not getting the recommended levels of exercise. 
and people are going on diabetes medication or mm -hmm. they're gaining weight or they're getting depressed, mm -hmm. you want to make a difference for those people in your company. And that's most of your company. So we, for really since 2016, have been focused on those people who aren't doing programming. What COVID taught, I'd say, is really two important lessons. The first is people who used to go to the gym and really used to focus on the health understood that for the rest of the population, just how challenging it often is to find the motivation to do programming when mm -hmm. you're stuck at home. So you think about someone who is maybe a parent. And so in the evenings, maybe when they used to go to a gym, now they're putting their kids to bed. Or someone who is um, a senior and maybe no longer can drive. And so they can't make it to a gym or right. a studio. Now everyone understands just how challenging it is to find that motivation when you're on your own to do mm -hmm. programming. So mm -hmm. that is definitely like a big shift that we've seen since COVID. Mm -hmm. The other big thing that COVID has taught everyone is you really need to approach health and wellness from a holistic perspective yeah. and include people's families. Right. So the big shift that we've seen from companies is you no longer are just going to tick a box and say, okay, we're offering some standard cardio and yoga classes that's really just geared towards the young and active. We're now understanding that we've got a diverse population. We need programming for people in their 40s and 50s and mm -hmm. 60s and mm -hmm. 70s, people's parents who are in their 90s. We can't just have yoga and cardio. We need things, whether it's specialty programming, we need adaptive workouts for people with disabilities. Right. We have to think about everyone mm. and we have to think about people's families. Because what COVID also taught is that no one operates in isolation. And if your family, whether it's children, parents, spouses, whoever your family is, as you define it, if they are unhappy or unhealthy, that's going to affect your morale and your productivity as an employee. Right. So companies really, the mindset of companies has definitely, has definitely shifted. I, I would say credit to a lot of a lot of companies, they knew this five years ago and they've been focused on this for a long time. For many people, though, COVID was a big wake up. Well, I imagine. And and it's almost like you were omniscient in some way, right? <laughs> you could see the future that, that this was coming along. Uh, it's It's really very fascinating. So how do people, I know they can choose from many instructors. Are they like live classes that people are doing? Is it via webinar? How, 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 does it, how does it actually work and function? Paint me a picture. Yeah, sure. So it's all through the Bunalong platform and you can access okay. Bunalong on the web or Android or iOS devices. So on your phone, tablet, computer, mm -hmm. whatever you're comfortable doing. And you can choose from thousands of instructors teaching more than 13,000 classes live or on demand from mm. across the country. Okay. And then the classes, you can do it on your own. Or if you want, you can invite others to join you live. So not strangers, but it can be a friend, a family member, a favorite coworker. Mm -hmm. So the reason, Carol, why at nine o'clock at night, you're going to show up to do that yoga class is not just relying on your own motivation, but maybe you've got your best friend from the other side of the country live with you on the screen. And she's saying, Carol, let's stretch and you know, mm -hmm. reach that extra bit higher mm -hmm. to, to do that. And that's what it's all about. So, yeah. you know, our belief is, is that you're going to be more likely to do programming if we meet you where you are. Right. So someone who is 300 pounds and on diabetes medication is not necessarily going to be motivated by a 22 year old with a six pack. 
Right. But if you show them people on the screen who are at similar stages to them, they're going to do it. And what's interesting is you think about that philosophically, we instinctively know that, right? You think about what HR departments do, you're never going to put up a recruiting picture of three white 22-year-old men. But when it comes to <laughs> wellness programming, somehow you think that's going to be motivating to your population. Right. It isn't. It's, it's intimidating, in fact. Exactly. It's off. It is. It's, it's off-putting because, you know what, Phil, you're never going to roll back the clock and look like you did when you're 22 years old. Right. And frankly, you don't have six hours a day to, to work out and work on mm-hmm. your ass. So it's off-putting to people. And what we see is that when you cater programming to people, whether it's based on geography, their background, their mm-hmm. needs, that's really what's motivating to people. They want authenticity. Right. And then number two, when you layer in people's social support, if they want it, you're just more likely to do it. I mean, yeah. just to share a story, one lady with Parkinson's disease, she told us that she's been doing along for several years. Mm-hmm. Her neurologist credits says like the disease hasn't progressed as he thought it would have. And credits like the programming that she's been doing. And mm. there's a lot of research out there that shows that exercise can slow the progression of the disease. But then you ask her, like, why is she doing the programming? Mm-hmm. It's She's seeing people on the screen with Parkinson's disease, mm-hmm. maybe more advanced than her, mm-hmm. and that's motivating her to do it. Mm-hmm. And then number two, she's got her grandchildren live with her. So that motivation of seeing your grandchildren on the screen and the grandchildren motivating their grandmother, that's reminding you why you're fighting and why you want to live and why you want to battle the disease. So that's the combination what makes it what makes it so so effective. And it's mm-hmm. incredible for us because what's unique about the Butterong platform in many ways is our youngest users are six weeks old. We've got mummy and me wow. yeah. that we call prenatal programming. Mm-hmm. We've got on the other end, people in their 90s with different chronic conditions or MS mm-hmm. or Parkinson's disease doing programming. And in between, we've got people who go to the gym five days a week, but their favorite instructor is on Banalong and they want to do that during the other, the other two days a week for them. Mm-hmm. But everyone is within one community. And so rather than people feeling, okay, well, if you're in a wheelchair, you have to go here. And if you're battling diabetes, you have to go here. And this platform is just for people who are in amazing shape and want to do cardio, this is one platform for everyone. And when companies or families think about inclusivity and motivation, that's incredibly powerful for people or to be on one platform. You know, I, 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 this is really fantastic. And I, I think that I, I, I probably say it on, on practically every podcast interview, but one of the common denominators among successful startups is always finding a problem that needs to be solved and understanding that it's about the customer, client, user, whatever, whoever that person is, right? When you're a client or customer-centric company, Mm -hmm. it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing from you is that's exactly what you've built. That, that's exactly right. It, yeah. it is about, there is a, a huge need for people mm-hmm. um, and then tailoring that to actually what their, what their need is. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, as somebody who was a bodybuilder in my earlier days um, and spent a lot of time alone last year, it was hard for me. Mm. 
I wish I'd known about this, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> last year. So, so you have taken, uh, since your uh, founding, uh, about $14 million in capital. This could be redundant based on the conversation, but what has your investors so excited about Pernalong? Everything we've talked about already? Yeah, I mean, it's everything that we yeah. talk about. Yeah. And you know, I'd say fundamentally, it's, it's how this is changing lives mm -hmm. on a global scale. Because mm -hmm. exactly what you said a second ago is this is like a clear need for people. It's a clear need for companies. Yeah. It's a clear need for hospitals. It's a clear need for individuals. And you know, I think for investors, it's very much the dual, the dual piece. Mm -hmm. And I think especially on investors is they see it's a tremendous business. Mm -hmm. But more deeply than that, or just as importantly as that from their perspective, is they're seeing the difference that it makes in people's lives. Um, when when you hear the stories from people whose lives this has changed, whether it's a lady who discovered she had a lump because she started losing weight or, mm -hmm. or um, an individual as part of our partnership with the YMCAs who was at risk of being pre-dementia mm -hmm. and then got taken off that at-risk category, whether it's that person with Parkinson's disease who the disease isn't, isn't progressing or it's that new mother who's just had a baby and is now trying to balance this huge upheaval in her life of not being able to do the routine that she used to do, not <clears> being able to go to her usual class because she's now got a baby that needs to be fed at that time. Right. Bridging that gap for people and keeping them on track and, and, and just frankly changing their lives. So I say that's a huge motivator for investors and for the team why they, why they, why they are part of the company. I and mean, we've got an amazing team of individuals, mm -hmm. you know, all of whom you know, have in their mind people or multiple people who, for whom Bernalong could have made a huge difference in their lives if it had been around when they needed it. Sure. Or for whom it is making a huge difference right now. And that's, that's what motivates right, us as a company, mm -hmm. our team, and our investors as well. Mm-hmm. So is is the problem with traditional wellness programs, Daniel, because they're not customized to the individual? Yeah, as your I, platform I, I, is, I think the the, pro, the the problem with traditional programs is the fact that it's only utilized by a small segment of the population. That is that is that is the challenge. You know, it's it's great for the people who utilize them, but back to that case of if you're a 55 year old who's 300 pounds and on diabetes medication being shown one of 40,000 different fitness programs, all of whom are showing you 22 year olds with six packs. Right. And wonder why that's not going to be inspiring. Yeah. You know, there is your problem. Yeah. Or not understanding of what really motivates people and just how tough, how tough it is to find the motivation to do programming and how important people's why is. Mm and that they're doing it because of their friends, their family, and how important a role they can do in behavioral change. Yeah. So when, when I introduced you, we talked a little bit about your background. I mean, you, you're educated in economics and poli-sci. You've done a great deal of writing, done a lot of different things. How would you say you're, including a startup, but how did your background prepare you to come to where you are today? You know, I say as a journalist, you're very much trained to ask questions yeah. and see gaps. Um, so I think that's definitely a big piece of not accepting mm -hmm. the status quo and saying, all right, there's, an, there's a problem here 
and like why shouldn't this be solved you know when it comes into some of the other roles on changing people's minds and changing people's behaviors um, and the role that family social circles play in changing behavior that's exactly what we do here which is mm-hmm. how do you change how do you change behavior um, and so that's definitely been a mm-hmm. huge you know huge uh, i'd say benefit of my background mm-hmm. do you have any competitors at this point I mean, there are, you know, tens of thousands of different companies out there. Um, you know, the biggest competitor, frankly, is is the couch. Right? <laughs> if you think back to what we you know, said at the start is, even in regular times, only 15% of the population yeah. goes to a Jima studio. You look at the, the numbers and the demographics of a lot of the people, a lot of the traditional programs out there, it's a small segment of the population um, that are using it. Mm-hmm. So... Where we are focused on is how do you get everyone else to do the programming? That's that's where where it is. Um, so there are this is thankfully, and I say I say I say thankfully because people who are into this space and the digital health space are looking to change people's lives. Yeah. And so you know the more companies, the merrier. Because if one company works for some for one person and something else works right. for someone else, that's great. There's plenty of lives to go around. Like back to that point that most people aren't doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And so from you know, our perspective, it's, you know, our focus is how do you get the people who've never looked after themselves, or not never looked after themselves, but aren't looking after themselves right now, or are looking after themselves, but need a boost or need something else, mm-hmm. whether it's physical health, emotional health, if they're thinking about financial wellness, if they're thinking about their own personal growth, mm-hmm. that's where we, we want to come in and help. Mm-hmm. So this is your second startup, your first, and, and please correct me if I'm not pronouncing it right, Psychurebox? Yeah, so Psychurebox is a, um, it's a, it's a, an ent- it's a, it's a device that's utilized by uh, governments, um, different, you know, I say high net worth individuals, CEOs and C-suites at major companies mm-hmm. that are focused on uh, making sure essentially that their phone calls aren't being listened into by competitors or others who would trade off their information. So a very different world than some of like the past world that I was in, but it's, it's a terrific device um, utilized by people who need to protect what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Where is that company today? I mean, it's utilized globally by, mm-hmm. uh, by governments, mm-hmm. Fortune 1000 companies mm-hmm. um, and individuals. Did you have an exit? It- or, or no, it's, it's a successful company that's that's okay. it's operating. Okay, and you're just you're just not involved with it anymore. Yeah, not not involved in the in the day to day of it. I'm an, mm-hmm. an owner in the company, but not sure. not involved in the running of it. So, if you look at the time that you spent there when you were actually running it, um, as as your first startup, what kind of mistakes did you make, and, and what did you learn that you've potentially put into place at this startup yeah i'm maybe without even just talking specifically about that but talking just in general from the different things i've been involved in um i'd say the the biggest lesson that i've learned in general this is a i'd say from really from day one really in every role Mm -hmm. that i've been in is the difference that hiring the right people makes and where where i've made mistakes Mm -hmm. has been in hiring the wrong people or Mm -hmm settling for someone who might be great at something but mm-hmm. might not be a culture fit that's right and so i say that's like the biggest piece is you need both the right skill set mm-hmm. of people 
um, and people who are suited for the stage of the company that you're at, but also yeah. it has to be a culture fit. Yeah. So that's yeah. the biggest, you know, the biggest lesson yeah. I've learned along the way. Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir over here. That's for sure. When you, when you hired people that were, were not a good culture fit, can you, can you step back and look at what were the mistakes and what did you, like, what did you miss? Like, did you not ask the right questions? What was happening there? Because that's really important. I mean, over 50% of people leave a job within the first 18 months they have, for reasons having nothing to do with skills and abilities. It's all culture. Yeah. You know, I, I say it's, it's a host of things. I don't think there's, there's one piece, but mm -hmm. I think it's really like where we are focused on now bundling when it comes to hiring is there's not one person who is just saying, okay, I like this person, let's hire, hire them. Mm -hmm. They are meeting people across the company. Sure. And that's really important for both ways, right? So mm -hmm. that people across the company get to know this individual, you know, understand like, hey, would I like working with them? Would I love going out for a meal or a coffee mm -hmm. with them? Mm -hmm. um, and the same for the person is, do they feel that this is a team that they're excited to go to work with? Mm -hmm. So that's like the biggest thing that, that we do that's really made a difference in terms of making the right hires is viewing that relationship both ways and getting people to know people across the company. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's super important. What would you say are the biggest challenges you're, you're currently facing, both with your company, with Burnalong and in, in the industry in general? I mean, the, the biggest challenge, and I think the two are intertwined, which is how do you most effectively get through to the people yeah. who most do the programming? Yeah, the ones who are the ones who are you're competing against that are on the sofa. Yeah, that's how, like how do you yeah. how do you get through to that person in the first place, and then get them to take that that action and get them to yeah. involve their, their their circles. That's the that's where we're that's where we're focused. Um, and frankly, until you get a hundred percent of people doing programming and looking after themselves. That's going to be our challenge. Mm -hmm. So, what are you learning that that you need to do to make that happen for people, so they do get up off the sofa and stop eating bonbons or whatever? Yeah, I say like the 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 three things that we're focused on is okay. number one, understanding who the person is, where they are in the country, their affinities, mm -hmm. understanding what programming is most likely to work for them. So right off the bat, you're giving, you're increasing the odds of success by giving them programming that is most likely to work for them based on the data of what we know about the broader population. In order to do that, we need that diversity of programming and that diversity of categories so that we can meet everyone where they are. You know, someone in the middle of Iowa, for example, might not relate to a fast talking New Yorker from Brooklyn. That's when right. You think about, when you think about personality, there are so many uh, different elements that go into it. So you might want an instructor with a sense of humor and I want someone who's quick and to the point. Mm -hmm. You want a Northern accent, I want a Southern accent. There's so many things that go into it. So how do you find yeah. not just the type of programming, but the right instructor for the person? Yeah, somebody who can empathize with the user, really. Exactly. Yeah. And then number two, if the person needs it and wants it, how do you give them the social support to do it? Because one directional experiences which have been the industry norm for you know since it started back in the old uh, vhs days so when things were being mailed to people's mm -hmm. homes mm -hmm. with a one directional experience 
I just change the channel and I'm watching my movie instead and I open my popcorn back. But when you've got a real person, your best friend, your mm-hmm. grandchildren, your parents, whoever it is, mm-hmm. your favorite coworker, live on the screen with you, mm-hmm. that's extra motivation that someone's going to know, are you changing the channel? So those are, those are the pieces to, to the effectiveness of it. Yeah. How many employees do you have now, Daniel? Um, we are just under 60 people. Okay. And how did that growth to 60 look over the last, you know, five years, five and a half years? Uh, it's just been steadily, steadily okay. growing. You know, as mm-hmm. we as we started seeing, I mean, the big thing for us was once we started the company and once we started people getting people to use it and then companies and insurers to start partnering with us and seeing how sure. it works, they start referring others, you know, people... Yes. When, when something works, mm-hmm. it grows. And then yep. as you grow, you need to hire the people to get you to that next stage and continue that that growth. So it's been a very, you know, very, very, you know, the, the direction that you'd expect, which is mm-hmm. you know, up and to the right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you see, foresee as your plans for growth here over the next year? I mean, we've got a bunch of uh, positions that we're going to be, that we're hiring for. So if anyone listening is mm-hmm. uh, work at a company that's changing people's lives, you know, go to our website, finalong.com and on careers, and um, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Is this how you typically find people by just posting on your website or, you know, posting at a job board? Or are you actually going out and finding people? Um, we are, I mean, all the above. So we're mm-hmm. actively Good. going out and finding people. We're also focused Good. on trying to recruit from places that, we might not um, might not necessarily find us, so we are focused on building a diverse okay. workforce mm-hmm. um, and understanding that's going to be part of our success. So we do everything from people know us, and whether it's a local gym or studio, whether it's a company, whether it's an employee who refers yeah. people to us, but then also we are very proactive in how can we reach people in different areas to come and, and join us and learn about mm-hmm. us. So as you said, you're approaching 60, 60 employees. What does the diversity of that 60 employees look like? Yeah, we're pretty proud that we've got a diverse workforce, um, different backgrounds, ages, mm-hmm. geographies. We, we are, um, we're proud of our diversity. Mm-hmm. And then how many instructors do you have? That are that are actually teaching these classes yeah, so right now i think there's just over 2500 instructors that's awesome how many members on your executive team and what is the makeup of that aside from just you and mike obviously yeah yeah so um you know the way that we look at things from a bundle perspective mm-hmm. is um we're more of a flat culture mm-hmm. you know when it comes to it where People own different initiatives, different different areas, um, and that's mm-hmm. like our you know our perspective. We're mm-hmm. we're fortunate that we've got just a tremendous team of individuals who are very passionate about what we do and are focused in different areas of our business and different areas of, of growth for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and and at sixty employees, it's not it's not at all uncommon to have a fairly flat organization, but you know I, I imagine that will change as the company grows. So if you if you look at how many direct reports. Uh, that report to both you and Mike, how many people are there that are directly reporting to you? You know, I probably, I don't want to give you the wrong, you know, the wrong answer. There's like a handful of, you know, a handful probably for each of us. Okay. 
Um, and that's kind of what was behind my question of, you know, what does that diversity look like among the people who are reporting directly to you? Is it, you know, just a bunch of white men? You know, if you have women in there, what does that look like? You know, in a, in a, in a world where over half the, half the citizens of our country are women. <laughs> and I think on our planet. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's definitely representative of, of Good. the planet, as you put it. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. That's, that's really terrific. So, so obviously companies, the, the objective is to get companies to pay for their employees, but I imagine individuals come to you also to pay for it. What does that breakdown look like? It, you know, the number of people, users you have that are coming in through their employers versus people who may just say, wow, this is fantastic. I, I need to get this app. Yeah, I mean, the vast majority of people come to us are coming to us from their employers, their insurers, mm -hmm. or they're coming from a, a hospital medical system. Okay. Um, we do have people who come to us directly, and that's through a number of different avenues. One is just the network effect to what we do, because maybe you get us through your company, mm -hmm. but your best friend hears about us and wants to do a workout with mm -hmm. you. So they sign up to our platform. So that's mm -hmm. like that network effect drives more people to come to us. Mm -hmm. The other way that people come to us is with the thousands of local instructors from across the country who, mm -hmm. who are on our platform, for their people in their geography, maybe they've heard about that instructor and they're very curious about it, want to come and, and try them out. So mm -hmm. outside some gyms and studios, you could see sandwich boards that say, curious about what goes on inside, check us out on Burn Along. Mm -hmm. Or they will tell their existing members, hey, between in-person classes, here's your homework on Burn Along. So stay connected with me. Or your friend who you're always saying, come with me, and they say, well, I'll come when I get into shape. They can now try, try the class and get that window in privately from home. And so what we see for brick and mortar facilities that partner with us Burn Along is a huge benefit for them in a couple of different ways, oh, including a retention and recruitment perspective. Mm -hmm. But all of that leads into the network effect for mm -hmm. us and that, you know, terrific organic growth as well. Yeah, well, that totally makes sense. So what, is, what are the costs involved? Is, is, it, is it a monthly? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, so for, um, for an individual perspective, they can mm -hmm. sign up monthly or annually. And mm -hmm. for companies and insurers, you know, it's normally multi-year deals for, sure. for people with us, um, you know, and, and speaks to how companies are viewing things from a long-term, you know, behavioral health change perspective. Mm -hmm. So you've talked a lot about the, mis you know, mistakes you've made in the past hiring having to do often with culture. How do you describe your current culture and, and what makes it unique? So I say a couple of things. One is... It's a very um, optimistic culture. What we mm. do is fun, it's changing, changing lives. So it is optimistic. It is that belief that you can make things better for people. That's, mm -hmm. why, that's why we're doing it. Um, it's a very mission-driven company. Yeah. So you know, what I mentioned earlier that's important to emphasize is there's not a person on the team, and I think this is probably broader as well, of people who don't say, yes, you know what? I wish I had that for my mother, my father, my cousin, my grandparents, my friend, mm -hmm. whoever that is. Like, I wish I had it. I mean, you said it earlier. Well, you know, I wish I, I knew about this earlier to do it. And mm -hmm. that's like that, that vein. And, and so 
when you look at what drives people in our in our culture is people have in their mind this is the person who I'm doing it for whether that person is still with us or not with us that's how they're doing it for and the amazing thing is is that when we get all these reviews and testimonials and people mm-hmm. writing into us about how this has changed their life their family members lives that's what gives people that that spirit and that hope so it's a mm-hmm. it's a very optimistic it's mission driven it's a very collaborative mm-hmm. culture it's very much focused on on community mm-hmm. and really that back to that piece on who this can help really drives drives us forward because we know that every step that we take forward it's going to be all these people whose lives are being impacted yeah. for it. And just, you know, just to share like one, and just never forget this, where one CEO of a company, he sent a note and spoke about a lady within his company who had gone through a huge number of health challenges and she'd gained 70 pounds and <sighs> spoke that she wouldn't look in the mirror and mm-hmm. just, yeah. um, you know, said, and it was just unbelievable to hear it where she said you know my husband tells me that i'm still beautiful but i don't believe him Mm. and she took the sign of getting burn along through her company that she was able to privately do programming with a cousin in a different city because the last thing that she wanted is a stranger watching her exercise yeah right of course and started losing weight and started smiling and the CEO called me up and said, Daniel, I've got to tell you, if this was a one person in my company who you've helped, it was worth every single penny they spoke on it. Mm. And then when you multiply that by hundreds of thousands of lives, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. And I think like when you look at why people have gone into the health field, whether they've become yeah. instructors, whether they've becoming people in HR, whether it's doctors, they are doing this to help people. And that yeah. is fundamentally what this is about, why, mm-hmm. why, we're, why we're doing this, and what really unites us as a, as, a, as a team. Because maybe you're having a passionate debate about what is the right tactic to do, when you keep in mind that the debate is really what is going to move the needle for people's lives in the most, yeah. most ways. Like a doctor's debating what is the right surgery or medication approach. When you've understanding why you're having that debate, it transforms the debate itself. Well, you are clearly um, making a difference. Is that is that what would you say dry has driven you in this? It's that. I mean, it gets back to why we started the company because of our because of our grandmothers, and you know, I you know, I'd say for me, unfortunately, it was too late for her. Yeah, but you know, I. Yeah. Every day I think about her and that's I'm and I'm reminded of her and that's that's why I do it. That's why Mike the same thing. That's why we do what we do and that's why mm-hmm. the people on our team, everyone has their own personal yeah. people that they have in the front and center of their minds. What's your day to day look like as a leader? Um it's it's a mixture of strategy and then a lot of tactical pieces in between. (laughs) Are you working from home? Are you in an office? Do you have people strewn about? What does that look like? So we are across the country. Um, We we are a hybrid company now. So we have people all over the country. Um, We do focus on once a quarter 
each mm-hmm. team getting together or a company as a whole getting yeah. together. So you have that chance Very to, smart. you know, to build, mm-hmm. to build relationships. Uh, right. Of course, COVID outbreaks and travel restrictions mm. and, and obviously people's own um, comfort level permitting yeah. and, and respecting that. And mm-hmm. so we do have people from you know, all, all over, you know, North, North Dakota, Denver, Kansas, Baltimore, Boston, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you name it, yeah. we have people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you and Mike are not located in the same city, is that correct? We are in the same city, actually. You are now. Okay. Yeah. You are in the same yeah. city. Okay. Got it. So that probably makes it a little bit easier that you, t- you two can probably just get together when you need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, like just the nature of our platform is we are yeah. big believers in people being able to do things from, from wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, and we see this, it's terrific, like where people who move because of COVID are still connected to their favorite instructors and taking that person's classes. Right. People mm-hmm. who their family or friends have moved, they are still doing their favorite classes together. So, you know, what we do is bring that social connection if people want it mm. online so you still get the motivation that you need. Yeah. How do you spend your time when you're not working? Um, I've got an amazing family, an amazing wife and kids. And so that's mm-hmm. uh, spend a, a lot of time with them. I, I love playing sports. I love reading. So a lot of mm-hmm. uh, different activities. That's great. So as, as you mentioned uh, about your careers page, if somebody uh, was interested in working from you, uh, go to your site, burnalong.com. If someone, you know, doesn't see, let's say somebody's thinking, gosh, this is a company, I, they're slick. This is somebody I want to get involved with. And it's not your typical, you know, on a posting. What would they, what should they do? Just reach out to us still on the, on the website. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, we've, you know, what I say is, is very special about a lot of the people that we have working for us and the people that we're looking Mm -hmm. for is we've had people who've come to us and said, listen, I believe in, in what Bernard is doing. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Is there a role now or this is what I can do? This is how mm-hmm. I can get involved. Um, mm-hmm. We had had people who said, listen, I will work for free for the company until you find a role for me. I mean, That's we're awesome. incredibly just fortunate <laughs> that people are yeah. so passionate about what, what we're doing. And it's that type of passion that drives our success and drives the difference that we make in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to volunteer up information about? I think you've done a pretty thorough job. So I think we may have uh, covered uh, every, uh, every, every angle. Good. Well, I, I always want to leave that out there in case I've forgotten something because from time to time I do. <laughs> so yeah, the, I mean, the, the only, the only just thing I would mention is um, mm-hmm. the same way that we see that passion from our employees. We also see it just from individuals who are, yeah. looking to make difference within their own companies. And I mm-hmm. think that's the other thing of, of a thing that we've seen over the past couple of years is people who are passionate about the companies that they work in yes. will often you know, come to companies like ours and say, listen, how can I bring this to my company? And how can yeah. we get involved? And it's, I'd say mm-hmm. there's people are understanding that company culture, coworkers, health and happiness mm-hmm. is really something that everyone should own. Yeah. And that's like a big difference. So, you know, the last thing I would say is that if you know someone 
who you think we can help or a company that we can help, mm. or you know a terrific instructor, whether it's someone who's a mental health professional, whether it's someone who teaches programming for chronic conditions, whether it's a cardio yoga instructor, if you mm. know great instructors who are changing lives, let them know, let us know about them and let them know about us because we want to bring what they do to more people. And if your company, your family feels this can benefit you or them, mm -hmm. let us know as well, because that's what we're doing is we want to bring this into the, into the homes and pockets of everyone who needs it. Mm -hmm. Well, bravo, Daniel Friedman, uh, co-founder and co-CEO of Burnalong. I, I just, you know, been sitting here getting goosebumps with some of the things you've been telling me. You are building something really extraordinary and I wish you much, much, much success. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.